Praise the Lord. Thank you, McDowell family. What a blessing. Amen. Take your Bible, please, and go, if you will, back to our scripture we looked at a few moments ago. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. The Bible says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. I want to speak tonight on growing in goodness. Growing in goodness. I think every Christian ought to have a goal to be a good Christian. I think you ought to have a goal tonight to be able to be good to each other, be good to other people. You know, at the day that you receive Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit of God sealed you onto the day of redemption. You never have to worry about losing your salvation. Why? Because the Bible says, He that hath the Son, listen to it, hath everlasting life. And so once you're saved, you're always saved. You say, preacher, sometimes I don't feel saved. That doesn't mean that you're unsaved. Uh, you'll go through different feelings in your life. I'm not going to have you raise your hand as a husband to say, have you ever felt like you're not married? Because I would start a war tonight. But uh, there is times when you have that which is uh, the feeling of gloomliness. You know, I remember one time I was preaching down in San Francisco, California. And uh, I remember we was in the area of Pacifica, California. Uh, we get up early in the morning and the, uh, the, I'm telling you, all the fog w was coming in and it stayed there until about noon and then it would burn off. But then at night, that fog would come in again. And my thoughts about that was this. Who in the world would want to live in a place like this? Uh, you know, because, I mean, the fog was there all morning long. And then it came back in at night. And it was just a dreary type of uh, gloom, if you will. It was just kind of like, wow, no wonder there were so many ships that wrecked in the ports there of many years ago. But I, I understand this, that when I got saved, when you got saved, the Holy Spirit came to abide within us. However, as I taught on Wednesday night, the flesh does not die. Uh, the old man is still very much alive. Uh, and we have a battle uh, with that which is the flesh. You know, uh, uh, tragically, however, many times Christians lose to that which is the flesh. Tragically, it happens on a day-to-day -day basis where we lose. And if you will, please, uh, uh, we give up on soul winning. We give up on our Bible reading. We give up on our faithful church attendance. We give up on loving people and helping people. There are nine characteristics of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to speak on them tonight. There's love, there's long-suffering, there's joy, there's peace, there's faith, there's temperance, there's kindness, uh, there's goodness, and meekness. Now with each one of these that are attributes, if you would please, characteristics of the Holy Spirit, there's an opposite negative. We could call it a counterpart, if you will. Example, uh, love's opposite would be hatred. Joy's opposite would be depression. Uh, peace opposite would be strife. Long-suffering opposite would be impatience. Uh, kindness opposite would be unkindness. Uh, goodness would have the opposite of badness. And faith would have the opposite of doubt. And meek would have the opposite of pride. And temperance would have the opposite of being uh, overindulgent. And so, as as I speak on this tonight, I'm going to show you uh, that which is the attribute of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to show you the opposite of it. And hopefully all 
of us would choose to be able to walk in that which is an attribute of the Holy Spirit. Uh, take your Bible and look at several scriptures. I'd like for you to see them. It's good to use your Bible. That's why we ask people to bring their Bible to church. And if you don't bring your Bible, you don't know if I'm preaching uh, Bible doctrine. All you do is just sit there and nod your head or not even pay attention at all. And the devil puts a hook in you. And we don't want that. And so statement number one, uh, kindness overcomes unkindness. Look in your Bible. Uh, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. The Bible says, put on uh, therefore as the elect of God, holy uh, and beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 13, forbearing one another, forgiving one another, if any man have quarrel against an any, even as Christ forgave you, ye also, it says, so also ye do. Now what's that mean? Oh, that means this, that you ought to be kind to people. Be kind to people. You say, somebody's sitting in my, uh, uh, in my chair tonight in the balcony, or somebody's sitting in my pew tonight uh, in the main floor. Well, you still be kind to them. You be kind to them. Well, you know, I saw that person and they put a dent in my door as I was going into Walmart. Well, I'm getting out of that line quicker and I'm going to go back and I'm going to put a dent in their door. That's not the way it ought to be. Uh, you're supposed to be kind to people. You overcome that which is unkindliness by being kind uh, to people. Uh, kindness, if you will, please, is an attribute of the Holy Spirit. Uh, being unkind is sin. It's like a drug. It's like, if you would, please, uh, um, an abusive mind. And so uh, be kind to people. And it doesn't matter if they're... You know, when's the last time you were standing in line at a Walmart and you saw that somebody had their bags and they were getting ready to leave and you said, hey, let me help you carry that to the car. What is that? That's called being kind. That's called being kind. Uh, when's the last time uh, that you went outside and you walked an older person outside that's in our church and you just wanted to walk them out and make sure they got to the car and you opened the car door for them? What is that, preacher? That's called being kind. When's the last time you cleaned your room and your parents didn't have to tell you to do it, but you did it anyway? That's called being kind. When's the last time that you uh, cooked supper for your parents and you did it unexpectedly to love them and to help them? What's that called? That's called being kind. Uh, when's the last time you took and write an encouraging note to somebody to love them and to encourage them? What's that called, preacher? That's called being kind. Now, I'm saying that kindness overcomes unkindness. Statement number two, joy overcomes depression. You say, well, I'll tell you what, I'm having a depressive time. Well, then you choose to have it. But you don't have to have it. You choose whether to walk in the Spirit or not walk in the Spirit. You choose what type of day you're going to have. You choose what type of minute you're going to have inside of that day that God gives you. You can be cheerful or you can not be cheerful. You can be glad or you can be mad. You can be somebody that's happy or you can be sad. I'm saying that joy overcomes depression. Look at it. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. The Bible says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. It says faith. And then it goes on. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 23. Meekness, temperance against such there is no law. And so God is simply saying here that you can have that which is joy. You, know, you don't have to be down in the dumps. By the way, I don't think a Christian ought to be down in the dumps. I don't think that. I think that's a poor testimony. I, I think that uh, if you're having a bad day, okay. Uh, John Hamlin would say suck it up buttercup. I'm not saying that. That's what he would say. But I I'm saying this, you can cho choose to have joy. Joy is a choice. 
You say, but it just doesn't seem like my day is going right. Well, then you're going to have another day, so cheer up. Well, it just doesn't seem like my morning started off right. But don't worry about that. You can cheer up in the afternoon. Uh, go get yourself a cup of community coffee and drink it. It'll help you to have a better day. I'm saying this. I'm saying that uh, you can choose what time. I see people all the time. They're walking around with poochy lip disease. What's that, preacher? That's when your bottom lip is so low that it uh, sags between your two big toes and you stumble everywhere. It doesn't need to be that way. Can I tell you God is still alive? Can I tell you God still answers prayer? Can I tell you that God's not forsaken you in your desert time? God's not forsaken you on your loneliest day? God's not forsaken you on your lonely island. Uh, if you choose to live on a lonely island all by yourself, it's because you chose to do that. I'm saying tonight that kindness overcomes unkindness. I'm saying that joy overcomes depression. Statement number next, peace overcomes strife. Peace overcomes strife. Now, I'm going to tell you, uh, you're not going to agree with everybody that sits in this building tonight. You're You're, you're not. I'm going to tell you this. There's going to be times when you don't agree with your husband. Oh, I've got one better than that. There's going to be times when you don't agree with your wife. I've got one better than that. There's going to be times when you look in the mirror and you don't agree with you. So what do I do with that? Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, uh, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 18, it says, A wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25, the Bible says, An ungodly man diggeth up evil. Uh, but it says in the lips, listen to it now, in his lips, it says, uh, there is as a burning fire. Listen to it. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 28, the Bible says, A froward man soweth strife. Uh, and it says, And a whisper separateth chief friends. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 19, the Bible says, He that loveth transgression, the Bible says, that loveth strife. Listen to it. Uh, Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 10, the Bible says, Cast out a scorner. I had a thing years ago. I had a deacon's son uh, back in, in my days of being at Central Baptist in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and uh, we had all the teenagers. Uh, upstairs, Preacher did not want him in the auditorium. And I uh, had a young man. It was, uh, oh, I'm sorry. He was a staff son. He was not a deacon's son. And, but uh, he was one of the staff guy's son. And can I tell you, here's what he did. Every time I'd get up to preach, he'd fold his hands like this. He'd sit back with a cocky attitude. And I'd get up to preach. He'd stick his tongue out at me. And then he wouldn't listen the whole time. He's just carrying on, just being a mean critter. And he was just carrying on. And finally, I got tired of it. I just got tired. I, I talked to his daddy. And his daddy said, do whatever you want to do whatever you do he deserves it Amen. and I said he said you got free reign he said just do whatever you want to do I said all right I said here's what I'm planning on doing I said he still needs preaching by the way when your kids start to go bad they still need preaching Amen. when all of a sudden they start to make foolish decisions they still need preaching can I help you out a little bit as an adult you still need preaching as an adult I still need preaching uh, preaching changes a person's life and I said okay and so this young man he got and he's always doing this you know he's sitting beside somebody and I'd be preaching he'd just be going like this blah, 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 blah. I never paid attention never paid it now that would irritate a normal man I consider myself quite normal 
And boy, he would do that, and he would, he would just da 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 and wasn't paying attention, just acting the fool, you know. And so I, 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 and I had permission from his daddy. I said, hey, you, and I called his name. I said, stand up. Right in the middle of about 160 teenagers or so. He said, that's humiliating. His daddy gave me permission and said, humiliate him, do whatever you want to do. He said, I've, he said you think he's acting like the fool at church, you ought to see him at home. He said, help him. I said, okay. And, uh, and so he stood up. I said, go to the hallway and sit down, but put your hand on the inside so I see that you didn't run off. And I said, you listen to preaching and you listen. You know, he gave me permission to do that. Did you know after about three weeks, that young man came to me. He is crying. He said, I need to get right with God and I need to get right with my daddy. And oh, what do I do? You know, he turned out to be a pretty good boy. Now, now, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, cast out a scorner, that's a critic, and contention shall go out, yea, strife and reproach shall cease. Now, uh, what's he saying? He's saying that, uh, uh, that uh, even, even the worst of the worst can be helped. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 20, the Bible says, where there's no wood, the fire goeth out. So where there's a talebearer, strife ceases. Uh, where there's no talebearer, the strife ceases. Now, what's that talking about? That's talking about uh, that peace can overcome strife. You, you figure out what can you do to be able to have peace. Uh, and if you want peace, you have to overcome strife. Statement number one, I said kindness overcomes unkindness. Statement number two, I said joy overcomes depression. Statement number three, peace overcomes strife. Statement number four, long-suffering overcomes impatience. Long suffering. You ever have long suffering to somebody? You you say, uh, "What's that, preacher?" Okay, you want them to make a decision right now, but they don't. So what do you do? You give them time. You give them time. You have a teenager you're trying to instruct and you're trying to get them to see the right way. And they don't see the right way. Can I tell you? You give them time. Now don't give up on them. Don't get mad at them. Don't turn your back on them. Uh, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, the Bible says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now, wait a minute. He says here, long-suffering. All right, so be long-suffering. By the way, uh, patience is that which is a fruit of the Spirit. So don't be impatient with people. You ever see, and I know you see it because you live here in the metro area or you're driving the church in the metro area. You ever see these drivers that's impatient? Now, I'm not talking about even while they're driving. I'm talking about while they're sitting in a stoplight. They're hitting their hands on the steering wheel. They're saying not good words they're they're you know, they're just you know they're they're trying to rev it up and they're trying to go uh, you know and then when they do go they squeak as they leave but they're not going to go any faster than the car in front of them uh, i think uh, can i i'm gonna be honest with you i think if you have problems with being patient with people you ought to live in a city somewhere i think you ought to you say why because it'll teach you patience you cannot outrun the car in front of you even if you want to. You can't. You cannot go around them and go up over a corner somewhere even if you want to. Hello. And you dare not make a face at them because you don't know if they're going to be a drive-by shooter and you'll be dead. So you keep, that, that you keep that straight face on and you just look at them. And you don't roll your eyes or nothing. You just look at them. And that's all really you can do. 
I'm saying this. I'm saying that love overcomes, uh, uh, long-suffering overcomes impatience. Uh, Let me give you another one. Love overcomes hatred. Love overcomes hatred. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 9, uh, he, it says that loveth a transgression, seeketh love. Uh, he that covereth, it says, he that covereth a transgression, it says, uh, seeketh love. But he that repeateth a matter separateth very friends. Now, what's that talking about? Uh, that's talking about when you get hurt, you still love. You don't try and hurt back. Don't do that. That is not the Christian thing to do. You say, well, somebody slap me. Don't slap them back. You don't know everything that's going on inside of their life. I've often said this from this pulpit. You can quote me if you want. Hurting people hurt people. It's not that they're trying to hurt people. It's just that they have so much hurt bottled up on the inside that it just overflows. So what do you do? Uh, well, so-and-so is trying to hurt me. You love them. You speak kind of them. You don't talk bad about them. Well, preacher, they talk bad about me. If you're a good Christian, that's okay. Allow people to hurt all over you. I, one time I remember going into Dr. Williams and I said to Dr. Williams, there's a fellow in the church and he was giving Dr. Williams grief. Oh, it just bothered me so much. He was my pastor. And, uh, and, and so I said, Brother Williams, if you'll turn me loose on him, he'll never do it again. He said, Mike, he said, I think you do it with the wrong spirit. He said, I love you. I'm glad you're one of my assistant pastors. I love you. But I don't think you do it with the right spirit because you love me. Here's what Brother Williams said. I never will forget it. I said, well, preacher, he's stepping all over you. He said, Mike, I'm in the ministry for people to step on me. That's why I'm in the ministry. I'm in the ministry for people to wipe their feet on me. I'm in the ministry for people to kick me. I'm in the ministry for people to uh, be able to say things. And, uh, and I will not rebuttal it. Now, can I tell you this? Uh, when, when people are hurt, then you, you love them. You, you help, if you will, please, by not trying to hurt somebody back. Now, you're quiet tonight, but I'm telling you, that's Bible. Amen. That is Bible. Somebody pulls down in front of you and they say some slanderous things towards you, then you don't slander back. You don't do that. Somebody uh, uh, cheats you on your money or something like that. You don't steal money from somebody else just to try and get even with them. You don't do that. That's not Christian. I'm saying this tonight. You love and love overcomes hatred. You say, well, it's not overcoming their hatred. I'm not talking to whoever you're having trouble with. I'm talking to you. It's not how you react that matters. It's how you act in front of a holy God that matters. We're not in the ministry. We're not in uh, trying to help others to please us. We're trying to please the Heavenly Father. Now, may I say, statement number next, uh, goodness overcomes badness. Goodness overcomes badness. Listen to this. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8, the Bible says, For uh, ye were sometimes uh, darkness, but now, it says, uh, ye are the light in the Lord. And it says, walk as children of light. All right, so what do you do? Uh, don't walk in darkness. I get up sometimes, try and find my way. Uh, we have, a, we, uh, we have a, uh, several bathrooms in the house. We have two upstairs. Uh, we have, uh, I don't know how many we got. Uh, we got bathrooms. Uh, but we got, uh, we, we got two upstairs. Where's my wife? We got two upstairs. We got two downstairs. 
One, one and a half downstairs. Okay, so we got several bathrooms. And, and, but, but sometimes the toilet that's in our, uh, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't cooperate. And so uh, instead of jiggering with that thing and stuff like that, I, 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 I go to the other one. I don't want to wake my wife up. So I'll, I'll do like you do. I get my phone out. You know, and I just put it on notes or something like that because I'm lazy and I can't figure out how to work the flashlight. And so I put it on notes and I'll hold it down like this. That way I can see myself into the other bathroom. Now, wait a minute. Watch this, if you will. Uh, what I'm doing is I'm shining a light in my darkest hour so I can see the correct way to step. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Whenever you get ready to make uh, major decisions in your life, learn to step. Don't run. Don't jump. <laughs> Don't sit down and suck your thumb. Okay? But here's what the Bible says here. The Bible says, for ye were uh, sometimes darkness, but now it says, are ye light in the Lord, walk as children of light. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 10, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. All right? And so what do we do? Well, statement number one, uh, kindness overcomes unkindness. Uh, joy overcomes depression. Uh, statement number next, uh, peace overcomes strife. Statement number next, long-suffering overcomes impatience. Statement number next, love overcomes hatred. Statement number next, goodness overcomes badness. Statement number next, faith overcomes doubt. I don't know how many times uh, I memorized pastoring in Tennessee. Uh, one of my men said, I don't think we ought to ever get back in the bus ministry. I just don't think we ought to ever get back in the bus ministry. I met with the deacons, and they said, no, we don't think we ought to ever get back in the bus ministry. We ran buses 22 years ago. It didn't work well. Then it probably won't work well now. Had a friend of mine came by one day, and he owned a, a scrap metal company down in Memphis. His name was Brock. And Mike Brock came by one day, and he, uh, he knew I was a soul winner. He said, I've got a burden for the people that work for me down in Memphis. That was only two hours down from where I pastored. And he said, I'll make you a deal. He said, if you come down to Memphis and, uh, and talk to every single one of my employees and make sure they're saved, he said, every time you come down, I'll pay for your gas. And he said, I'll buy you a steak. I said, well, Mike, I'm, I'm happy to do so. And so I went down, took several trips down to Memphis to a scrap metal company, and I led several of his employees to Christ. We were coming back one day to the church, and of course, some of the deacons there said, you know, we don't want to ever get back in the bus ministry. We don't, 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 don't ever. We just don't want to do it. And I said, okay. And I said, I think we're making a mistake. I think boys and girls could be saved if we had a bus routes and whatnot. But, uh, uh, but I understand what you're saying. And they said, well, now look, we're just telling you, we know you're a soul winner. We know you want people to be saved. We know that you uh, talk about having a bus ministry and it's like ambulances running up and down the highways of the, uh, of the city and rescuing boys and girls and teenagers and men and women and bringing them in so that they can grow after receiving Christ. And we're just wanting you to know that uh, we, we don't think it'd be a good idea for us to ever give you permission to uh, buy a bus. I said, okay. I said, but now, what if the Lord would give us a bus? What if he just gave us a bus? What would you think about that? They said, God would never do that. <laughs> now, I'm just, I'm just being honest. A couple of them said, God, God, God won't do that. 
And I said, all right, we're riding back. I led several of Mike's employees to Christ. Mike had some money. And he said, Brother Wells, he said, if you had one thing that you wanted for your ministry, what would you want? <laughs> I said, anything? He said, anything. What would you want? And I said, I think I'd like a bus. You remember this, Mike? You remember this? I said, I think I'd like a bus. And I said, I'd like for you to paint it cherry red. I'd like for you to, when you get it all done, pull it up on the church parking lot and put a bow on it. So they gave us a bus. Uh, he gave us a bus. Oh, I had one or two of the men got really upset with me and said, what in the world? Uh, we told you you could not spend that money out of the budget to get a bus. I said, I remember that. And it's true. I didn't spend any money. God gave it to us. And I said, fellas, if God gave us something like that, I guess we ought to appreciate it and be so much to get back in the bus ministry. You know, we started running that little bitty bus and a deacon started driving that and fell in love with the kids. And before you know it, they had a deacon's meeting one night after church. And, and this is the gospel truth. Uh, the deacon, I thought they were having a deacon's meeting to vote me out. But they were having a deacon's meeting saying, we're back in the bus ministry. We need to buy a couple more. Can I tell you this? Can I say that uh, uh, you and I ought to decide to have faith in God? Faith in God. Put your faith in God and let God work in your life. Put your faith in God and let God answer your prayers. You said, but preacher, you don't understand. It's hard to have faith nowadays. No, uh, it's not hard to have faith nowadays. It's hard to have faith nowadays if you let something else take that attention away from you having faith. Faith overcomes doubt. There's many times where I've gotten on my knees and where I've walked the back 40 back here. I call it the back 40 behind the buses back there. And I've got a burden about something. And I'll just pray and pray. And I'll say, now, dear Father, I have nobody else to go to but you. You're, you're my Father. And I, I need you. And there's been times, uh, just like I think it was Abraham Lincoln that said this. He said, there's been times I've been driven to my knees with nowhere else to go. Now, can I tell you, uh, faith overcomes doubt. When you have faith, stand up, Dr. Bachman, if you don't mind helping me, and he's an example of faith. Stand up, if you would, please, Dr. Palmore, and he's an example of doubt. You don't need your Bible. You're an example of doubt. <laughs> all right? Now, wait a minute. And so watch this, if you will. If, if I am always going this way, woe is me. Oh, my. Woe is me. The sky is falling. All the problems of life. All uh, my wife wants me to give her so much money to go shopping. And I don't have the money. And uh, my mother-in-law is coming to visit. And it's going to be a bad day. Oh, and when she comes, she tries to teach my wife how to cook. And she don't know how to cook. And, uh, you know, and I mean, just badness after badness after badness. Oh, woe is me. My truck broke down. Woe is me. My tires uh, need to be uh, inflated. Woe is me. My motor blew up. Uh, oh, woe is me. Uh, I'm just not feeling good. And I'm just, all right. Now, I'm just being honest with you. You live there if you want to. And if that's the life you want to live, God bless you, sir. But I'm sorry. I don't want to live that life. 
Now, what brings you out of that? What brings you out of that is you say how good God is. What brings you out of that is you say how faithful God is. What brings you out of that is you still realize that God answers prayer and God is not dead and God is still alive. What brings you out of that is you put your faith in the one, if you would please, that can help you with your problems and help you with your distresses and help you with your challenges. And when you do that, God can help you every single step of the way. You choose, thank you men, where you're going to abide. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, the Bible says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. When I got into the ministry 37 years ago, preaching full time, I decided back then that I would put my faith in God and try to my best ability to keep it strong every waking day of my life. You say, preacher, do you ever doubt? Oh, I don't doubt that God is God, and I don't doubt that God can answer prayer, and I don't doubt that God can do miracles, and I don't doubt that God is the one that can uh, help you uh, in your darkest hour. I don't doubt any of that uh, but uh, uh, sometimes you can get distracted we went down to that China mm, King China what's that thing called China King King Super Buffet, King Super Buffet. you been there that's a good place <laughs> and uh, we went down that King Super Buffet and I'm gonna tell you something I went through the line I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I love I love I love Oriental food. I just love it. I, I, when I first started going to the Philippines, I fell in love with it. And I, I've never broken my love for it. And, uh, and uh, Dale did too. That's why he married Mary Ann. And, uh, but, uh, and, uh, and for other reasons too, I'm sure. But that's the one that comes to my mind. And so, but here, here I am. And so uh, I went down to that King's Buffet. Oh, 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 my. It was like walking in heaven uh, and I'm telling you, I mean, uh, I walked up. I mean, I could smell it when I walked in. And I thought, oh, this is just so good. And, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't see an Oriental person in the entire place. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, but, but, oh, it just smells so good. And, oh, and, and so I, I went up to the buffet line, and I got this, and I got this, and I got this. I got a couple things I didn't like. Say, so why did you get them? I just want to check them out. And then what did you do with them? I tasted it. What did you do after that? Well, I wanted to spit it out, but I didn't. But I put it on the side and said, okay, I'm not going to get that. Now, can I tell you, life is just like that. You go through, if you would please, uh, different types of lines in life, and you choose, I like this, I don't like this. I, you know, I go down to Six Flags. Now, I like to go down when the college kids go. You say, why do you like to do that? I like to fellowship with them, but I don't like the fast rides. I don't, I, I just don't. College guys that get around me say, come on, preacher, get on this one. You'll like it. I say, no. <laughs> I, I just don't like the fast rides. You say, why? Because I like my stomach to stay right where God put it. And I don't like the fast rides. I remember they had, is that called parachute? You, you ride all these things. The thing that goes up like a parachute and then it drops. What's that called, Kenny? Thank you, Kenny. <laughs> the first time I got on that thing, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I thought this is neat. We went up. How many ever rode that Superman thing? Oh, God bless your heart. We went. I'm telling you the truth. You go up real slow, and you think, 
this is my speed. I mean, this is great. I mean, this is actually wonderful. This is not bad at all. This is going to be where I'm going to stay all day long. You get up to the top and it stops. And I think, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You get to look out over the metro and you get to see, man, isn't Dallas beautiful? Then all of a sudden they hit a button. And that thing drops, I don't know, four or five hundred miles an hour. <laughs> and you're down there and your, your stomach, we, us men, we call it guts, is still up there. I got off that thing and somebody said, you want to go again? Nope. Nope. One time was enough. I've lived here for 10 years. I think I've ridden it maybe two times. And it was because the second time I forgot about the first time. <laughs> now, can I tell you, to me, that's a tragic experience. Say, where do you like to hang out? Kitty Park. Put me on the flying... Uh, uh, elephants that go around. <laughs> Let me ride with the five-year-olds. So uh, you're just faking it. I am not faking it. You know, uh, my wife and I, we do. I, I'm telling you, we do. You can testify we do. I, we go up there and we'll visit with the young people. We'll walk around and I'll look at my dear wife and I'll say, I'm ready. She'll say, you're ready for what? Go home. All the young people saw me here. They know that I love them. Now let's go. Let's go. Uh, you know, we, we, honey, we got one last year. We had a season pass, didn't we? We went one time. No, two times. We went when the young people was there and went back at uh, some other, t oh, 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 it was a wicked night we went. Uh, we, we, we went one night and all these people were dressed up weird. And I said, oh, we don't belong here. Now, now, can I tell you, I, I'm just saying this. I'm saying, look, I'm saying faith overcomes doubt. You say, well, uh, you should have had faith in that ride. That's not talking about faith in a ride. That's talking about faith in God. Amen. You can have faith if you bought a Chevy, or you can have faith if you bought a Ford or some type of far, foreign thing, you know, that you drive. But can I tell you, this is not talking about putting your faith in an object. It's not talking about putting your faith in an event. It's talking about putting your faith in God. And I think sometimes if we're not careful, what we do is we put our faith, if you would please, in an event. We put our faith, if you would please, in a vehicle. I bought this vehicle and I know it's going to last me forever. Nothing ever lasts forever. I'm saying here, it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So what do you do? Uh, sometimes you just have to say, okay, God, I'm putting my faith in you, and would you hold my hand? It used to be when I was a little boy, I was scared of the dark. I, I was just, it, it was just something I was scared of. I was scared of the dark. And I gra grabbed Paul's hand, and I say, Paul, can we walk together? Never will forget. He had a big old feather bed. i got to hurry. I've got through more illustrations. But uh, he had a big old feather bed, and when you'd fall, have you ever laid in a feather bed? Yeah, when you lay in it, nobody can find you. 
and I was in the feather bed, and I was laying in the feather bed, and uh, you can't move around because the more you move around, the more that you, 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 they can't find you even more. I was laying in the feather bed, and, and I said, Paul, I said, are you looking at me? I said, I'm scared. I was about five or six years of age. I said, I'm scared, Paul. Are you looking at me? And he said, Michael, I'm looking at you. Oh, about five minutes later, I said, Paul, are you looking at me now? And he said, I'm looking at you. About 10 minutes later, I heard him snore, and I slapped him. <laughs> yeah, just on the arm, not get that <laughs> arm. But I slapped him. I said, Paul, you're looking at me now. And he said, Michael, I'm looking at you. He said, I love you. Shut up. <laughs> he said, I'm going to be here all night long. Go to sleep. And I said, yes, sir. And so I went to sleep. But I was scared. But with him there beside me, that gave me comfort. That gave me courage. That gave me what I needed. I'm saying that faith overcomes doubt. I've got to hasten to a close. Meekness overcomes pride. Meekness overcomes pride. It says the uh, when pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. The Bible says Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1. Here's a good one to practice as a Christian. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. So when somebody's overtaken in a fault, your purpose in life is to restore them, to love them, and to help them. I'm saying that kindness overcomes unkindness. Joy overcomes depression. Peace overcomes strife. Long-suffering overcomes impatience. Love overcomes hatred. Goodness overcomes badness. Faith overcomes doubt. Meekness overcomes pride. Let me give you just one more, and that is temperance overcomes overindulgence. Uh, years ago, I had a baseball somebody gave me, and they told me that the baseball was made up of different strings. I didn't believe them. So I said, I've got myself a pen knife. I'm going to find out. So I cut the outward skin uh, off of the baseball, the leather, if you will. And then, sure enough, it had strings. I thought, hmm, that's pretty neat. So I started to cut the string and started to pull it. And it broke a couple of times. I'd have to start over again, but I'd pull it, I'd pull it, I'd pull it. I, I don't know if you've ever done this or not. I don't know if they still make them this way or not. But inside, it was a core little rubber ball. They still make them that way, Brother Wesso? They still do. Have you taken one apart? Okay. But you believe they still have that? Okay. All right. And so they, they got that little core ball that's right there, dead center, in there. And I thought that is just so neat. Now, can I tell you what temperance is? Temperance is helping you to keep your overindulgence in place. It is the outer wrapping, if you will. It is what uh, helps you to keep control. Help you to keep control. First uh, Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 25, the Bible says, And every man that striveth for the mastery uh, is uh, temperate in all things. Now, they that do it uh, to obtain, uh, they do it to obtain a corruptible, uh, but uh, we an incorruptible uh, crown. And so, uh, what do we do? We realize this. We realize that temperance helps us to control uh, overindulgence. Now, I'll be honest with you. The reason that I've gained weight over the years is because I did not practice temperance. Temperance is control. Hello. 
Now, the more that you practice control in your individual life, the more that you'll find out that you're practicing that which is a Holy Spirit attribute, a Holy Spirit characteristic, which is called temperance. Now, the message tonight is on simply doing this, simply being a person that is growing in goodness. I'm 59 years of age now. I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. And can I tell you that as a 59-year-old young man, I am always growing in the Lord. And you will never stop growing in the Lord. You will never stop growing in the Lord. And so as you grow in the Lord, God helps you maybe to become a better soul winner, maybe to become a better prayer warrior, maybe to become a better husband, maybe to become a better wife, maybe to become a better Sunday school teacher, maybe to become a better bus captain, better bus worker, maybe somebody would be better in singing in the choir, doing ushering, maybe somebody would be better working in the church nursery, maybe it'd be somebody that's better working in the children's department, maybe it's somebody that's better in singing in a group, maybe it's somebody that's better in just paying good attention in church when the preacher preaches but can I tell you you always ought to grow in goodness